Welcome to A Better Way with Crossroads Bible Church, a podcast about finding the activity of God in our stories and discovering how Jesus is building His kingdom among us, right here, right now. The goal is to inspire you to see and celebrate God's activity in your own life, too. And now your host, Sherry Hutspeth. Welcome back, everyone, to A Better Way podcast, a place where we hear how God is leading us into His ways. And today I'm here with Nick Robinson, a pastor of students. Welcome, Nick. Thank you. So glad to have this opportunity to, to talk with you. I mean, we get to hear you tell stories when you preach um, on Sunday mornings, but I don't know, there's something different about an informal conversation. So, Yeah, I have no notes prepared on this, so let's just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, cool. Okay, the first question we have is, how would you describe your spiritual heritage? Hmm. Uh, I really like that phrase, spiritual heritage. You know, I've been asked this type of question so many times, like, how did you get to know Jesus? What's your faith journey been? Uh, Mm -hmm. Things like that. For me, I think spiritual heritage fits so well because, um, you know, I come from, you know, very you know, devoted Christian parents and both grandparents on both sides and their grand, their parents and grandparents. Like I was actually talking to my mom about this the other day. If she knows any of her parents or grandparents that weren't believers and she can't think of any, um, now, you know, there's been, you know, uncles and things like that, that may have, that may not have stayed connected, but for the most part, as far back as my family can look, there have been Christian men and women Mm. pouring into the generation below them. Um, to where I, you know, I now am benefiting from that uh, multi generational mm-hmm. faith, yeah. um, and it's 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 cool because, you know, I have known Jesus at least who Jesus is my whole life. I can't think of a time where I didn't know who God is, or you know where I wasn't connected to a church body. Um, and you know, growing up, I get I got frustrated about that because I'd say things like, "Well, I would just wish I had a cooler testimony." Mm-hmm. You know, that was a big thing growing up in youth groups. People would ask, especially if you were new, like, what's your testimony? And my testimony was, I don't know, I've been a Christian forever. Right. Um, which isn't as exciting as I was saved under a dumpster while I, after I broke my crack pipe. Like, right, right. You, you, when I was younger, I wanted that exciting, mm-hmm. you know, interesting story. But thankfully... I don't get to decide those things and mm-hmm. God is much better at it mm-hmm. than I am. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he saved me from a lot of nonsense uh, that I didn't have to deal with through, right. um, you know, pouring into generation after generation to where now I have known Christ my whole life and I benefit from all of those before me. Yeah, I can really relate to that. I mean, when you're living on a very solid foundation, you don't realize how solid it is until you get around people that are dealing with a very fractured foundation. And there's something that you start to appreciate at some point about what you've been given and all of that history. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very cool. Well, another thing that we wanted to hear about is when is a time that you can point to when Christ's relationship with Christ became important to you? Yeah. You know, growing up, my parents were often my children's pastors Mm -hmm. um, because we kind of moved around a lot with dad being in the Air Force. And so they'd volunteer at a church and they'd be the children's pastors. And so, you know, faith was always a topic of conversation. I can remember multiple 
mornings just growing up, like I would get up and see my dad at the table with a cup of coffee and the scriptures open. And so Mm -hmm. I was always, or my parents always took it pretty seriously. And so, but for me being relatively rebellious, obnoxious (laughs) young person, um, I didn't really want to do it just because my parents did. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, the difference, you know, I, I talk about this with students a lot, the difference between like, um, inherited faith and individual or, or, you know, realized faith is, you know, I, I believed what my parents told me to believe. And I believed what the pastors told me to believe. Um, and eventually I got to a point in high school and then, um, especially in college where I started to question whether or not I really believed those things. Mm -hmm. It was really never a question of, do I believe that Jesus is who he says he was? I've, I've never really gone through that, that type of doubt, Mm -hmm. but I've, you know, I grew up Pentecostal. Mm -hmm. I grew up, um, hearing tongues being spoken every single Sunday, seeing, um, you know, all kinds of manifestations of the spirit, or at least, uh, well, I don't want to get into critique of it, but, you know, so that was my, um, understanding of how Christianity was meant to be lived out. Mm -hmm. And so it, it took like high school and having real discussions in youth group, about like, well, what do you think about this? Or what, what have you been told? And do you agree with that? And why, you know, the why question never really came up. Mm -hmm. It was, this is what we believe. And this is what we're going to do about it. Not here's why. And so when Mm -hmm. why questions started getting asked in high school, and then, um, and I went to college, actually went to a Pentecostal college. It was ironic because that were, those were the professors that were like, you don't have to believe this. Mm -hmm. We believe this and we love this, but if you don't agree, that's okay. Yeah. Um, and that was revelational. That was, that was a revelation to me because I never thought it would be okay to, you know, not believe all of the Pentecostal traditions and not follow them because that's just what I was taught. And so really once I started to ask those why questions and get encouraged in that in high school and especially in college, um, that the, the faith that I'd been in, that I'd inherited really became realized as this is what I think. And this is, um, the, the why questions became very important to me. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Is there any characteristic of God specifically during that season that started to become super real oh, to you? Oh, man. I grew up fully believing that if I fell off of a cliff and said a cuss word on the way down mm-hmm. and I didn't have time to confess wow. and ask forgiveness, then I was going to hell. Wow. Salvation was very tenuous for me growing Mm -hmm. up. I lived in a lot of fear, and that's why almost I can't count how many times I've been saved. Mm -hmm. I have received salvation so many times Mm -hmm. at at youth camps or just on a Sunday morning because I was afraid. Right. And so during that time, the, the one of the big revelations for me was that's not how grace works. Mm-hmm. Grace is much heavier, much more, uh, you know, sturdy yeah. than what I understood growing up. Uh-huh. And, you know, it was never, it wasn't like pastors were constantly teaching me that. You know, nobody ever said to me, if you don't confess before you die you're probably going to hell. That's just the way it came off to me and how I understood it. Right. And so really that, once I started asking those why questions, that was a big uh, character of God and his grace that, that was, that, that fixed a lot of problems in my heart. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things that 
excites me about the role of a youth pastor mm. is because there are so many messages that you subtly pick up and you don't realize until you get into the questioning phase of your faith, you start asking the why questions, what subtle things you have picked up, believe, and now you're not sure yeah. about them and you need somebody to engage with to sort that out. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's for a cool sure. role to play. Um, okay. So the other thing that we wanted to focus in on in the podcast is like, what is going on in your journey right now? Like, in what ways is the Lord leading you into a better way? Like, you can see that's what's happening. And like, what's the story behind how that's happening? Yeah. You know, I talked to them earlier about the the spiritual heritage thing about how, you know, my parents really passed down their, their, their faith really well from their parents and grandparents. And now I'm looking at my family mm-hmm. and wondering if I'm doing that, mm-hmm. you know, I think pastors tend to um, assume that their kids are growing up uh, with a Christian heritage because they're a pastor, or because mm-hmm. they go to church all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, as my kids are getting older um, and more aware and are having more in-depth questions, I've, you know, God's really been pressing on me, asking me the question, are you being intentional about this? Are you really, you know, trying to pass this on and not just assuming that it's happening? Mm-hmm. So... Um, I, I, my daughter, my oldest daughter is going to be in the youth program now. So I will, for the first time, be the youth pastor for my kid. And so that's really been on my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, how intentional am I as a parent really being, um, and not even just as a parent, but as a husband too, like how am I stewarding, uh, the spiritual heritage that's been passed down to me? How am I passing that down? Because I know on my wife's side, it's not the same story. Yeah. She doesn't have this long line of, of strong faith, um, being passed down. She has some, but it's different. And so how am I stewarding that responsibility? Mm -hmm. Um, and that grace that God's given me to let me have that kind of thing. How am I doing with my kids? Um, am I giving them space to ask those questions or am I just pushing my version of faith down them and hoping and pushing them to believe mm-hmm. that? Um, so that's been a big thing for me is answering that question. Am I stewarding mm-hmm. my faith well with my family? Yeah. And in terms of rhythms or ways of doing that, like what has the Lord been showing you as you've been asking him that question that feels like God's specifically answering that yeah, for you? Something, you know, we started this year because we homeschool and that's been a huge blessing um, is every weekday we just open the word and read and talk about it. Um, there's no prepared, it's not prepared curriculum. It's not, let's watch this video. It's not, let's read the action Bible. It's like, we'll, we will go through the book of Luke and just read the stories of Jesus. And I will, and I started, you know, I, I fell into the rhythm of just teaching them, you know, Mm. like reading this and saying, this is what this means. And this is what Jesus means when he says that. But something that changed throughout the year was instead of saying, this is what happens. I, you know, I shifted to, what do you think that means? And not correcting them necessarily. If they're completely wrong, I'll, instead of, you know, if they say something that I feel like is wrong, I'll be like, okay, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. And then that conversation might come up later, but giving them space to be wrong, giving them space to just ask questions mm-hmm. and and not forcing them to believe what I believe yep. um, has been really interesting uh, to watch. And um, it's it's something that I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought to do is to let my you know seven year old be wrong uh, for a little while. I mm-hmm. think is good. 
right. I think is okay to let them be wrong for a little while. And instead of correcting them, guiding them to um, a better version of, under, of understanding or, or, or the actual truth, instead of giving it to them, letting them, helping them to find it yeah. rather than just handing it to them. Right. I mean, it's so brilliant how the Lord answers mm. our prayers and our longings. Um, because you have a natural gift of teaching, of course, you would want to teach your children what you know. Like right. that's who you are, yeah. right? But in the midst of that question, and then like living into this like space with your kids and the scripture and all that, like for the Lord to like change your mind about how we're going to approach this, and and teachers are supposed to be teaching you so you get it right. Like that's a very cultural norm Mm -hmm. kind of thing. That's a responsibility of a teacher. So to be able to let that go enough to let them have the self discovery that, you know, is the space they need to own it for themselves is just, it's so cool how God helps us. He does. It's, and it's been really cool to watch. Like, and you know, cause I want to, I want them to have dedicated time where they're reading the scripture um, and instead of just saying, okay, it's time for you to go read scripture, I can say things like, all right, well now we're going to take 15 minutes and I want you to just spend some time trying to figure out the answer to that question. Yeah. And inevitably they end up going into the scripture because uh, they realize that's where I have to find it. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's, that's, that's been just beautiful to see happen. And it has nothing to do with any of my strategy or ideas. It's just, it's really just letting God kind of lead me to where he needs me to be. Uh, as a parent and letting him answer the question uh, for me of how do I steward this? Like just saying, God, I don't know. You show me, you yeah. tell me yeah. instead of me trying to come up with ideas myself. And what kind of gifts have you been receiving from your children by hearing their heart? I mean, oh my gosh. Um, my son, he's the youngest, he's seven. He constantly asks crazy questions. <laughs> like we'll be in the middle of doing a math problem and he'll just look up and say, daddy, how is a lamp made? And I'm like, I don't know, son. Let's <laughs> let's get back to six plus five. Um, but so when those questions become, you know, from scripture, like uh, they'll just, they'll ask really simple questions. But when they ask those questions, like, you know, the question I think every kid gets to at some point, like who made God, um, you know, being able to say, I don't know mm-hmm. uh, is huge. Mm-hmm. And they, mm. you know, I always, I think we assume that they're just going to get frustrated and say, oh, but I have to know. But like, when I'll say, I don't know to certain things, I can see this, this change in their understanding, not only of who I am, but who God is, that he's not this problem to be solved. Mm. Like he's not a math problem. Mm. He's not a sentence to be diagrammed. He's a mysterious, you know, all powerful God that we're never going to fully understand. Mm-hmm. And so watching them start to comprehend that piece by piece is amazing because I think that becomes a problem for students and kids because all day they spend solving problems, Mm -hmm. getting answers to questions, Mm -hmm. getting things wrong, failing, passing. And when it comes to their faith, I think they try to bring that in um, Mm -hmm. and look for the quote unquote right answers and the understanding of who God is. But that's never going to happen. It's a lifelong pursuit of understanding who God is. And at the end, we never feel like we finished, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not until we, we, you know, meet them face to face that we'll even come close, Mm but, um, watching them really start to piece that together, uh, has been really just exciting Mm -hmm. to watch that happen. Yeah. And I think there's something 
when our son was in the high school, college years, one of the things that was so um, encouraging to me, hopeful to me, helpful to me, was realizing, oh, Matt had real encounters with God. He had real experiences. Like he's not just drawing on what he's been told. He's also drawing on the encounters that he himself had with God. And, and so I love that the way that you're interacting with your children is giving them those things too, that they're yeah. going to be able to draw on yeah. from their own encounters. Yeah. And then is there any way in which you would say that this is shaping you as a pastor, like mm. this exploration with your children? Absolutely. You know, um, thinking about my role as a father, husband, and then comparing that to my role as a pastor, they're not too different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think when I first started as a youth pastor, I grew up, you know, I, I, I started um, feeling almost on the side of the kids against the parents. Like when kids would come in and complain, like, well, my parents won't let me go to this. And I'll be like, that's not fair. That's crazy. We got to figure this out. You know, I would take their side. Yeah. And uh, I forgot that, you know, my job as a youth pastor is not to pretend to be a youth, Mm. um, but to be a partner for parents, Mm. like to be a resource that parents can use and trust Mm. um, in their job of stewarding and discipling their kids. Because to be honest, my time that I get with a a high schooler Mm. throughout the year is minuscule compared to what a parent gets with it. And so for me to pretend that I'm the sole source of discipleship for that student is naive and and Mm -hmm. silly. Mm -hmm. And so I recognize that I am just a cog in the machine of discipling these students. And I want to um, take what I understand of parenting um, as limited as it is and apply that to how can I help parents do what I would, what I need Mm -hmm. for my students? Like Mm -hmm. I, for my kids, you know, I want to show them that I love them. I want them to know that I care about their faith. I want them to be able to ask questions. Um, And so I think a lot about when I'm preparing what I'm going to do with students, I think a lot about what would I want my own kid to know? What would I want my own kid to experience? What would I want that youth group to look like? Mm -hmm. Um, And I I try to apply that as best I can uh, with the students and also trying to be available for parents, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to create Mm -hmm. uh, lessons and things that they can easily transition into teachable moments in their family, things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not always easy and I'm not always successful in it, but it's definitely um, a big part of how I do uh, my job now is thinking about what would a parent need and how can I help provide that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've already been talking about how um, this new way is overflowing into your kids and into students. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about how, like, being have a, having a longing, being prayerful, God answering it? Like, is there any other way in which that is overflowing into other relationships that you have? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I grew up the way, you know, being in the military, we grew up and we moved a lot. And so friendship was hard. Mm-hmm. Having good friends was difficult for me. Whereas, like, My wife, she grew up in the same town her whole life, and she knew and had friendships with people from the age of, you know, four to now. You know, she's had those kind of relationships. And so uh, for me, though, friends were always something I looked at as like this thing that comes and goes Mm -hmm. that aren't that important. And Mm -hmm. they're mostly just uh, for entertainment purposes. Mm -hmm. 
And in the last few years, God has really kind of revealed to me how precious and important um, relationships outside of my family can be, uh, not just for me, but for me to them. Mm-hmm. Um, how I can play a part in their growth and their uh, spiritual journey, as well as I just, I, I, I had this, I've always had this itch that I didn't know how to scratch. And now that I've been sitting in one place for many years and, and I've been in Texas for so long, I've had, I have relationships that have lasted over 10 years and I've seen so much value in them that I never thought I would. Um, and God has really used friendships, uh, to help me have places where I can talk about my life and my, my relationship with my wife and my kids and let them pour into me and me pour into them. And it's, it seems like such a basic thing that mm-hmm. most people mm-hmm. understood when they were in elementary school, mm-hmm. but it's something that God has recently kind of revealed in me, the, the need and the value, um, in those relationships, uh, and not just for entertainment value, but mm-hmm. in, for my own personal journey, mm-hmm. uh, getting to know Christ more. It's been, mm-hmm. it's been really cool. Yeah. Yeah, friendship, spiritual friendships, life friendships are a precious gift. It's so reciprocal. I mean, we're giving and we're receiving, you know, in friendships. And there's a richness um, to that. Once you've tasted of it, you really understand why it's such a big deal. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for being willing to sit down and share with us, you know, what you're learning and how that's impacting you and other people around you. Like, that's... I think that's one of the things that so excites me about this better way idea is that Jesus, you know, he knows where it is that we're needing help, like what we're needing to know about who he is or how it is that we're needing help. And he's so great at being there for us in that and inspiring us in new ways and um, and that there's such a natural overflow into other people's lives. And that just feels like living out the gospel in a really full and robust way. So again, thanks for being willing to share what that looks like in your story. My pleasure. Love doing it. Well, and if um, any of you that have listened to this podcast have been encouraged in some way by what Nick um, has had to say, I encourage you to walk right up and shake his hand and meet him and tell him that and encourage him as well. And remember that we're all learning to lean into a better way together.